0: We thank you for listening to the weekly sermon of First United Methodist Church, Missouri City, Texas. We're a church that's making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. For more information about the church and its ministries or how we can pray for you, visit us on the web at fumcmc.org. If you desire to make a quick contribution in support of our ministries, you can text to give. Simply text the amount you want to give to 281-369-4870 and follow the instructions. And now, as you listen, we hope that you find this podcast meaningful and transformational in your journey of faith. Well, yes, it has been three days. You almost stole my sermon since Christmas. And I'm wondering what many of you did during those three days. If you're like me, once the guests left the house, first you had to p- clean up all the paper that was under the, under the couch, it was everywhere, and put it out in the recycle bin. And you had to take all the leftovers and put them away to eat yesterday and the day before and the next day and next week probably And by early week, except for the presence of kids who are not in school, some of us hardly think of Christmas anymore. Been there, done that one more time. And now it's time to plan for the New Year party. I think that actually most people in our culture, in our society, when Christmas Day is over, it's all over but the memories... Perhaps for some of you, it was the best Christmas you ever had. But I know for some of us and some of you, it was the hardest Christmas ever. In my lifetime, which has been more than 12 years, I've had a few Christmases. And with those, I've had many memories. Good, sorrowful, joyful, and some highly overrated But have you ever thought about what happened there in Bethlehem, those days right after first night? You see, I try to imagine what the shepherds talk about once they're back in the fields watching over their flock by night. Don't you think they were saying, did you see what I saw? I mean, how many angels were there? Well, I don't know. I was so scared I couldn't count. Or what did you tell your folks when you ran back to tell them that you had seen that new baby? Did you touch the baby? Or one of them probably said, well, my mom was so startled by my news. She's going over tomorrow to see if she can help Mary out. You need to stay in the story because the story never ends. What about Joseph? What is he thinking, Joseph who obeyed God's command to take this woman as your wife and she's pregnant with a child and you shall call his name Jesus. What is he thinking in those next few days and nights? How long are we gonna stay here? What's gonna happen to my shop back in Nazareth? Oh, wonder where I find a rabbi on the seventh day. We have to have him circumcised. And then he welcomes the visitors, and you know they just came and they came and they came. And he has a million questions asked of him, and he doesn't have the answers. What all is going through Joseph's mind in the days after? And then there's Mary. The Scripture tells us she pondered these things in her heart, I don't know how she had time, because don't you know that scene for the next 10 days was filled with every villager in the place? The news had spread. The kids had spread it. The shepherds had spread it first, and the kids playing in the courtyard had spread it. And neighbor talked to neighbor, and the word got out. And, of course, they all wanted to come see Mary and Joseph. Joseph had lots of family there, and they all wanted to come and see this precious child, When did she ever have time by herself to go off and even nurse the baby with all these people there? When did she ponder these things in her heart? You see, for this whole little town, these villagers, that first night would never be fully over. Their questions, their, could this really be Messiah? It would be the talk of the town for months. And then... And then the days passed into weeks, and before the 33rd day of purification, Joseph took Mary and the baby to present him in the temple, and they walked five and a half miles. Okay, girls, how many of you could walk five and a half miles after you had a baby? It wasn't just down the street. But this is where our story comes in today. We have experienced the mystery of God with us on that starlit night, and the joy and the blessing of nativity, but now Simeon comes into the picture, and he has another message for us. According to Luke's gospel, Mary and Joseph with the baby arrive in Jerusalem according to the law to offer a sacrifice. The sacrifice is what they could afford was turtle doves or two young pigeons and enter the temple and there stands Simeon. Simeon lived in Jerusalem and according to Luke he was righteous and devout. Luke says he anticipated the coming of the Messiah. Simeon waited. He and another in the story if we would read a little bit more her name was Anna. They came every day to the temple, watching and waiting for the coming of Messiah. Sometimes it seems like life is full of waiting. Children had to wait for Christmas, and it took a while, didn't it, Nora? We wait. We wait to be born. We wait to go to school. We wait to fall in love. We wait to do the things we want to do till we're old enough, big enough, strong enough. And it seems like much of our lives are spent standing on tiptoe waiting, gazing over this fence into the future with hope. And according to our text today, the old priest Simeon and the prophet Anna spent most of a fair amount of time of their lives standing on tiptoe, watching for the coming of Messiah. And it tells us that they were advanced in age, they spent a better part of their lives in the temple, and finally, finally, the day comes and Mary and Joseph enter the temple holding a baby, and the watching and the waiting is over. And then, and then, and then the old priest Simeon should have been in the choir because he burst into song and he sings, Now, Lord, let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My eyes have seen the glory of your salvation, which you prepared. For the sight of your people. Simeon will not see, live to see Jesus grow up. Simeon will never hear Jesus teach or preach. He'll never see him raise the dead or heal the blind. He won't be there for the passion and the crucifixion. But it doesn't matter to Simeon. God has sent the Messiah. God has fulfilled God's promise, the anticipation, the expectation, the hope of these two saints has come to pass, and that's all they've waited for. This past week, one of the richest joys of my ministry through the years is to visit our homebound. And I had a wonderful companion this week Miss Judy Buterin with, went with me, and we visited on one day three, three saints. The first saint has severe multiple sclerosis. It's so severe, she's in bed 90% of her living days. She's confined to bed, but you would never hear one complaint from BJ. She is so happy. She was just so happy to have company, besides her caregiver, and she started spilling out stories to us. I mean, the talk never, never stopped. I didn't have to. Judy didn't have to say a word, because BJ was sharing her stories. She grew up in Brooklyn. She was the tough girl of the neighborhood. When somebody needed a problem fixed, they said, "Go tell BJ," and BJ would come and fix the problem. And that went through her early adult life. And as a married woman with a child, she kind of was the tough girl in the apartment house. She told us some stories about being the tough girl. But then she, like Simeon, met Jesus. And her life was changed and she told us her faith story and how her eyes had seen Christ in so many people. And she began to feel the presence of him in her life as she traveled the journey. She knew that he was with her. Then we went to see another beautiful woman, her daughter sitting right over here. She had served the Lord faithfully for 17 years as a church secretary. I mean, I tell you folks, that is survival. You want to learn how to survive, you go work in the church. And she had. And she told us faith stories of her journey and how she had seen the presence of God and felt the presence of God more weekly after week in her life. She had so much joy to share with us. And she's waiting for her third knee surgery next week. The third visit was with Hannah Lori May. How many of you remember Hannah-Laurie May? Well, there's a storyteller. hannah Lori May told us the same story she's told you, perhaps she's told over and over, but she and her friend Gisela grew up in Nazi Germany. And they were forced to become part of Hitler's youth group to protect their parents. Because if you didn't join the youth group, your parents were sent to a concentration camp. And so Gisela, who also was a member of our church, and Hannah-Laura May grew up together. They married, they separated. Hannah-Laura May and her husband went to Canada. Gisela married an American soldier, and she came to Texas. But they continued their journey, their faithfulness to one another in friendship. Their husbands complained about phone call charges And Hannah Laura May told us of heartache and sorrow. They journeyed back to Germany, and she was there and raised her children. Then she came back, finally, to Texas. But all through her storytelling, whether it was painful or sorrowful or joy, this woman, like Simeon, had seen the Lord and felt his presence all of her life. 87 years with a joy that was on her face that was wrinkled with time. But it was pure joy. And then on Friday, I went to see another one of our members. I think they were members over at the old church. She and her husband, Frank. And she, she was just radiant with joy. That's all I could say. She sat there in her wing-back chair, and there was a glow about her because as she shared with me for almost two hours about her faith journey and how through joy and sorrow and sickness and health, she had felt, like Simeon, the presence of God. Emmanuel, God with us every step of the way. All these precious folks are what I call saints. Like Simeon and Anna, they have seen the Lord and felt God's presence throughout their lives. You see, Luke was really brilliant. He started his gospel, and he concluded his gospel just like the tradition of the Old Testament. He started with Elizabeth and Zechariah waiting and hoping And after going through the Annunciation and the birth of Jesus and angels and shepherds, we conclude his introduction to his gospel with the story of Simeon and Anna. All of these stories, full of hope, full of hope. And he puts Jesus, see, right in the middle of the Old Testament tradition, from the earliest stories of Genesis right up through the events narrated in this gospel prologue. God is with God's people. God is faithful to the covenant promises God has made and always finding new and different ways of entering the story of human history. And Simeon and Anna may have been standing on tiptoe with hope in their hearts, but there was never any doubt in their minds that God would fulfill God's promises. The only question was how? How would God fulfill God's promise? And in typical fashion, God chose something totally unusual, unexpected, and creative because God became one of us. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought that the Almighty God would want to be a tiny baby in a smelly stable? Who would have thought? And not only that, God was born into a dark period historically, into the darkness of poverty and oppression, and God brings light to the most unexpected places. And not only that, Simeon goes on, a light to enlighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The light is for all, not just the chosen people of God, but through them for us. There's also a thread of darkness woven through what Simeon said, because as he holds the tiny Christ child, he speaks to Mary And he says to her, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And then I think he looked into Mary's eyes with a deep kindness and tenderness but sorrow and says to her, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. The darkness is real. It envelops us all. Even Mary, the mother of our Lord, is not immune. But the light, the light, my precious friends, is real too. And the light of Christ is our hope. So what keeps us on the journey? Like BJ and Carline and hannah May, and Simeon, what keeps us on the journey? My guess is that for most of us, the reason we keep traveling the way of Christ is that in some form or other, at some time or another, we too, and I pray that you too, have felt the presence of God even when you least expected it. And this kind of knowledge doesn't stick up here in our heads. It sticks in our hearts, in our gut. It's a gut feeling when life is the worst for you, that you are not alone. Right, Susan? It's in your gut that God incarnate is with us day and night, week after week, month after month. The shepherds were forever changed. Joseph was forever changed. Mary was forever changed. These folks traveling miles and miles will be forever changed. The direction has changed and have been drawn so deeply into the mystery of God incarnate. We are sent out to live we are sent out to live what we have seen and known. Just like these precious saints, 87 years old, still telling with joy on her face, I've seen the Lord. He was at work in my life as a child in Nazi Germany. He was at work in my life when I, my husband died and left me with two children in Canada. He was at work in my life when my best friend Gisela died. That's How we live the Christmas story, and that's how it continues. I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. In him, there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb, the Lamb is the light of the city of God. I want to be. Like Jesus, shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Blessed Jesus, that your story never ends. But may this story go from these these folks here out into the world this very day, and may they share their story of how you have been in their life every step of the way. Even in the darkest night, you were there. Even in the most joyous, glorious occasion, the marriage, the birth of a child, whatever it was, you were there. And may we live that in this world because our broken World needs to know Christmas never ends, and the story is good. The story is good forever. In your name we pray, Amen. All right, family, let's do what we always do join hands. Look at those, look to your left and your right, look at those people you're holding hands with. Can you tell them? In the name of Jesus, I love you. All right. So we have a job to do. Simeon says we need to be sent forth. That's what he told God. Send me forth to tell my story. Tell your story to at least one person this week, would you? Tell your story of how you, when and where you have felt the presence of God Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.